dedicated, obsessed, focused. This is the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Masters of Fitness Podcast, episode number 22, The Road to Recovery, featuring Dr. Cranin. Thad, what's going on, man? How you doing? Long time, no see, no hear. What's going on, yeah. bro? It's been a while, man. It ain't been that long. Maybe a couple <laughs> of weeks, right? Yeah. <clears throat> no, everything's going good, man. How's the life from treating you? It's been going good. We've been averaging uh, damn near 30 people every class still. And y'all properly uh, social distancing. Oh, yeah. You know, that's right. We've had some That'd pretty be- good workouts uh, the last few weeks, man. It has some pretty good ones. Well, you know, I still see the workouts every day, so I know they still <laughs> extremely, uh, still extremely hard. So hopefully, I can get back into that class, man. I've been out of my whole workout funk. Not really, I wouldn't say out of the workout funk, but I'm into my yearly, uh, you know, that yearly funk you get into. You just like, man, I just don't feel like. Not saying don't feel like doing anything. Yeah, train so much, we just need to like decompress for a little bit. So yeah, actually, that's kind of, I, that's kind of what I just went through. <laughs> yeah, I remember you were saying that. We was like, man, I just don't have the energy or motivation to do nothing. But mm-hmm. I will say one thing. I'm making official. I don't know if it's an official announcement, but I don't. I didn't say I had to back out of the Ironman for this year. Oh, really? Yeah. So better story to say is I have to do. I'm gonna do the half. I'm not gonna do the full Ironman this year. So right. Because you know I we have that- certain. Uh, you have certain swim markers that you have to hit in regards yeah. to when you're doing it. And I didn't yeah. reach those markers. So me and my training partner, we had like a, you know, you had a real serious conversation. It was like, Hey man, you got to get into the safety issue. It's one thing to have a willpower to do something, but it's another thing to, uh, to actually have the safety to actually go out and do it. Right. Then I started thinking about when, uh, well, me and we had an episode back in the day when it was like, you have to, you have to chase your goals and your goals only. So I sat back and realized, Hey, was this really, a goal that I was really motivated to hit head on or was it something that I was just doing to do? So, you know, you, you always hate to take a step back and not do something you tell everybody you're going to do, but I had to be realistic and be like, uh, you know, maybe I should do a half and not go out there and try to kill myself doing two miles. swim. yeah. Um, I feel like that was a good decision on your part <clears throat> because that's no joke. <laughs> you know, no, you no, you're there. right. It's, you know, like, and be, I thought I could do it, but then once I start training, once I start swimming, I have a whole new respect on the amount of time it takes to actually get the swimming down. And not only did swim, but it took me a month to get the swimming part down, and I hadn't even started working on the breathing. Right. And that's a whole nother coordination, a whole nother mind game. So, yeah. so one thing <laughs> I learned from stuff. all that, one thing I learned from all that, what I'll tell everybody to do is people get your kids in swimming at an early age. Yeah. Moral of the story. Don't wait till you're 40. No, not 40. Wait, don't wait till you're 38 and you have a certain set of muscle memory set up in your body and your body can only do so many coordinations and your willpower is limited. So, yeah, it's not happening yeah. anymore. Uh, learn so, when you're young. <laughs> but I feel more excited about the, uh, I feel more excited about the half marathons. I know it's not the half. I feel more excited about the half because I feel like it's something that I could actually accomplish. So, yeah. Now, so you could jump in there with me too, Thad. Now you got a whole uh, year to do the half with me. So I'm gonna do the half, and we're gonna do the half together in March. So that's a mess. So that's kind of what's been going on in my world, man. Just kind of get my mind that? back. 
in Galveston. Where is it? Galveston. In Galveston. Yeah. But I still be down. I'm still going down there to Panama with my buddy and kind of help him. Uh, so I'm still doing following the same training cycle. So I'll be down there with him and his helping his wife, you know, kind of help him get his gear together, make sure he's getting all his right nutrition and all that. So anyway, that's enough about me. I had a lot to get off. Been busy. Dad's yeah. been busy running the endurance class. I'm glad to see you got all the energy back up and going. Don't forget, <laughs> people, 830 at uh, CrossFit Crossfit Beaumont is a free class, so people go check it out in uh, Southeast Texas. If you're down here visiting for the holidays on uh, uh, during the weekends, got nothing to do. Go check the class out. You don't have to be super uh, super CrossFit guy because it's more geared. It's not too many complex movements. It's stuff that anybody could do. No. Yep. All right. So today <clears throat> we have a very special guest, as I would like to say, our uh, our coming back show. We have Dr. Cranin. Uh, who's a physical therapist? Is that right? That that's it. So how do you know the good? How do you know the good doctor? Well, um, Abby, I, I, she used to drop in at GTC a lot uh, several years ago. Really? But, uh, mm -hmm. So whenever she she's going to come on and explain all this stuff to us, but um, she started uh, really hammering, uh, opening her own little her own little deal up and uh, hitting Instagram and everything real hard. And that's where I, I ran across her. And uh, so <clears throat> I just sent her some messages and asked her if she would like to be on our show to talk about, you know, the physical therapy, um, recovery, helping people out into things. And you said she does CrossFit at CrossFit Beaumont with you? No, 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 no. She okay. used to drop in GTC. You used to drop in GTC. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. So... That's what I read. She, when you get into the bio, it has working like work. I bet CrossFit, uh, CrossFitters keep doctors like her in business. Uh, in business, a lot of times without repetitive injury. Not that we're doing things wrong, but it's just the fact that in my in my uh, in my assessment or in my assessment, it's the fact that when any any sport or anything that you do where you're doing a continuous movement on your joints or continuous load on your joints, you continue to have wear and tear. So and today the uh Abby is going to give us some some tips and tricks. So just kind of let us know like hey, how to prevent injuries, how to work through injuries, how to work through recovery and what's the uh what's the proper way to approach these uh certain certain situations that you go into on a daily uh daily basis because even as you get older you start to have more aches and pains. And there's a lot of things you do as a younger person, you take that for granted in regards to not properly maintaining your body because your youth, you got that usefulness on your side. So without further ado, we'll bring yeah. Dr. Cranin onto the show and let her, uh, let her give her breakdown on everything and introduce bring herself. Her in. Bring her in. Welcome to the, welcome to the show, doctor. Let me, I'm going to kick that out. So you could be, so you can yeah. sit in the middle between us. We don't want to, nobody oh, wants to. Thank see you. So, <laughs> and you go, you get, you get the there middle seat. In front. You get the most important seat in the house. So welcome to the show. Thank you. First and foremost, thank you for joining the show. It's a pleasure to have you on today. So uh, tell the people about yourself, where you're from, and uh, what do you do? Well, um, I'm actually from Beaumont, kind of grew up here, um, graduated from Westbrook, and, you know, kind of a, a local girl. Um, I went to LSU for undergrad, had a wonderful time in Baton Rouge. Um, and that's actually where I got introduced to CrossFit. I was uh, started back in 2012 at Red Stick CrossFit. Um, so had a really good foundation, good experience there. Um, my background is kind of unique as a, as a physical therapist. Uh, my undergrad degree is actually in management. 
And okay. <laughs> it's kind of funny you were talking about issues with swimming. I used to manage uh, the aquatic programs for a local YMCA. Okay. So uh, I started, I back when we had a Y in Beaumont, um, yeah. I helped to run that pool and then in uh, Baton Rouge. So I completely agree. Everybody needs to get their kids in swim lessons. It is the best decision. <laughs> Um, well, so, I, was, I was, man, when I tell you my swim instructor, I paid for private lessons and he looked at me and he said, I've never seen nobody sink to the bottom of a pool the way you do. <laughs> he, said, that is a, he said, that is a unique skill. Some people are really good at some things, right? Yeah. yeah. Me and so, Ernest uh, are both sinkers. Yeah, me and yeah. Uh, well, we, we need to fix that. Everybody can swim. Yeah. So I can, so I will say it's been a month and I could actually swim now. So now I just have to work on my breathing part. So it's amazing. It's like, I just got in there one day, it just started working for me. So oh, we'll get, keep practicing. Please keep practicing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, every morning at 5 a.m. I'm in there practicing. That's early. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was doing that and, you know, I realized that I wasn't happy just sitting in an office or managing things and, mm -hmm. um, kind of came across physical therapy. I'd always been super interested in exercise, the, the, the human body, how things work. And I absolutely love helping people. And, you know, so physical therapy seemed like a, a great fit. I ended up going to the University of St. Augustine in Austin uh, okay. for PT school. So, yeah. Um, yeah cool. So you went from management. Did you have like, did you do like all the biology uh, prerequisites to get into physical therapy school? Yeah. So basically yeah. I, I quit my full-time job, went back to LSU and you know, it is rough being in freshman biology classes when you're a <laughs> 25 year old living on your own adult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been through a lot of schooling and it's, you know, taken me a long time to get where I'm at, but you know, I, I think I've got a good background and life skills. So what, so what was this one day you was just sitting in the, sitting in the office. You say, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm going to do something on my own. It's just tired of the whole nine to five thing. It was just the mundaneness of it all. Or what, what triggered in your head was like, I have to go do something else. Um, well, as the person running the pool, if the lifeguard did not show up at five in the morning to mm -hmm. let people like yourself swim, I got that phone call. Oh, and, <laughs> you know, I don't know when you work with college kids, they don't show up a lot of the time. Oh, no. So I was getting a lot of 5 a.m. phone calls and I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I yeah. have to do something else. That's good. So. Man. That, can, that might motivate people right there, because a lot of times there's a lot of folks out there sitting at their jobs. It's like, you know what? It's giving me a paycheck, but it's not really what I want to do. So mm -hmm. how rewarding was it actually enjoyable? Is it now compared to what you was doing before? running your own business, doing your own thing, doing, doing what you like to do. It is a complete 180. It is crazy to wake up and be happy about going to work <laughs> rather than just dreading it. And, like, you know, I really think nobody, there's never a point where it's too late to try something new. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that is kind of a, the perfect example of it. You're never stuck in one place. And that's that kind of old mentality. It's like you got to get a good job. You got to stay there, work there for 30 years, and then you retire with a little bit of money and live happily ever after and be stressed no. out. No, that's not the way to do it. You got to be find something that makes you happy. 
um, where you can serve others, you know, add value to the community. And, you know, I think things will work out for you. And so that is hopefully what I'm doing with movement first performance therapy, you know, trying to bring a, I guess I would call it like performance PT um, to the golden triangle area. And, you know, hopefully people will embrace it and I can provide value and, you know, help keep people moving. So when you say, so that's so segueing, I think you did the perfect segue into it yourself. You took my job away from me. So tell us about your, uh, tell us about your business in regards to when you said the keyword, you said performance physical therapy as compared to what? Well, so physical therapy is a broad field, right? You have what most people think of like the outpatient clinic where you've got the yellow therabands and the, the pink one pound weights and you're doing three sets of 10 of the same exercises every session, right? Um, you've also got so many other settings, hospitals, school systems, um, home health that you can work in. And so when I think about performance physical therapy, I think of it as almost that, that regular outpatient clinic where we're treating orthopedic injuries. So muscles, um, bones, stuff like that. But my goal is not to just get you out of pain. It is to, one, improve the pain, but then get you back to all those fun activities that you want to do. Okay. It's not just about yeah, feeling better. It's about being able to do more of what makes you happy. That's cool. So what made you come up with that concept? Was it just because you did CrossFit or you was an athlete or you just active in sports or what kind of led you to that? that philosophy for your physical therapy? Um, I think it was probably being not satisfied with how I was treating patients and okay. knowing that, you know, people were capable of so much more. And, you know, in my practice, I get to work with people one-on-one mm-hmm. and that's just not something that you always get from a lot of clinics. And, you know, I, I just really felt like there was so much lacking in the way we were treating people. And I wanted to be able to to get people better results. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, cool. and uh, like I was telling her, we were talking before the show, what she's getting into right now, I've, man, I've been watching people do this on, on the internet for probably damn near 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always wanted somebody around here. I've, I've went all the way to Pasadena for different types of doctors, you know, to try to get some relief for different little <clears throat> aches and pains and stuff that I've had over the years. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's no doubt in my mind there there's a need for somebody that does oh, yeah. exactly so how what would, she's getting into. So how does someone come to see you? Is it through a referral or can they just show up to your, uh, show up to your business and be like, hey, my ankle hurts and you just work with them? Or how does that work? So... As of September 2019 in the state of Texas, physical therapy does have some form of direct access, meaning you tweak your ankle running. You can come see me directly um, for 10. It's either 10 or 15 business days, depending on the the physical therapist and their training. Um, And then if you need care past that 10 to 15 days, then we need some sort of script from a medical doctor, nurse okay. practitioner, PA, dentist, uh, <laughs> you dentist? know, and 
<laughs> yes, a dentist can write a script for physical therapy. Really? You know, um, or a chiropractor. Okay. You know, so we just need something. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, people in the state of Texas will see the value of being able to come directly to a physical therapist who can decide, yes, this is totally something within my scope or no, this isn't. You need to go see a, a medical doctor. Um, hopefully that uh, the ability to see a physical therapist will expand beyond that 10 to 15 day mark. And it's, it seems pretty cool because like I'm kind of like with that. I don't, you know, not no knock on the doctors or medical professionals. Just a lot of times in our society, we treat a sickness but don't really treat on that next level of performance. It's like me. So like me at that, we tweak our shoulder in CrossFit. I might go to a doctor. They give me a, a, a cortisone shot or like a pain. Mm -hmm. It's like, but it's not helping me be able to function better. And I go to YouTube and I see physical therapists like Athlete X or guys like that who actually say, we well, know this is how the muscle connects here. Do this movement. I say, man, it'd be so beneficial if you have a doctor that you could go to and be like, hey, this is what you do. Do these exercises that understand like, hey, I'm not just a sedentary guy that wants to sit at home and not do nothing. I want to be active. I want to get out there and do something. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I think physical therapists have a lot of knowledge about how the body works, but not every physical therapist knows how to do a snatch or a mm -hmm. clean or, you know, pull-ups, things like that. So I think it, I'm unique in the fact that I at least really understand what, you know, these functional fitness athletes yeah. are, are doing, you know, and to be able to help them. That's cool. So I think we, so we have a quick our first question come in. So I'm gonna post it on the uh, screen and see what we got. Let's see. Can you treat plantar fasciitis? Ooh. Of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> first off, plantar fasciitis sucks. Yes, <laughs> I hate that. I can barely say the the fasciitis word. It always screws me up. Um, you know, kind of with anything, there's always a, uh, I guess, a continuum. You know, mm -hmm. there's certain things that respond really well to the the easy stuff, the stretching, the strengthening, the activity wow. modifications, um, doing some joint mobilizations. You know, maybe people just have stiff ankles and that can contribute to the, the plantar fasciitis. Um, so, yeah, without a doubt, a, a physical therapist could definitely help you with that. I suffer, from, I suffer from that. I would say every... It pops up on me every four four years for some reason. I don't know. I recently had a fight with it because I wore some I bought some bad running shoes off Amazon and I was walking around in them and next thing I know I got plantar fasciitis and it sucked. So yeah, it could be something very simple like that. I think people don't realize sometimes, you know, changing their shoes can have such an impact on foot, ankle, knees, hips, everything. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. That leads into our first question, which is a very broad question, but you know, this one people always ask talking about plantar fasciitis. So how do, how can you come from a physical therapist? How can you prevent injuries? Is there, <laughs> is there a magic solution? For well, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like there's question. no way to completely prevent injury, mm -hmm. right? Because if you don't do anything, if you sit on the couch, you are definitely going to get injured. Yeah. The second you, you get up and try to do some, do something. Um, the way I like to think of it is you got to keep your, your joints moving appropriate, appropriately, excuse me. So um, joint stiffness, making sure your muscles are the appropriate length. You're not too tight. 
Um, but then you also have to work on your strength, you know, because that plays a, a huge role into injury prevention. Um, and then also just trying to optimize your, your movements. If you move poorly, like if you're somebody that when you jump, your knees are caving in, um, you know, you're doing all kinds of funny things. I mean, you're definitely going to get injured. But if you learn to move better with better mechanics, definitely less likely. It makes a lot of sense. I know that wasn't a very good answer. No, no, no it was. but and, it well, makes honestly, sense. So, honestly, uh, it was the uh, it was the perfect because I, you know, I, I work out. I I kind of help these younger kids who come over to the gym, and that's the first thing I look at is like how their body moving. That's one thing I learned in my CrossFit level one is watching people body move through space. You can just mm-hmm. watch how people walk, watch how their knees move when they jump or when they land. You could see like, okay, well, no, that's gonna lead to an injury. Let's stop and let's let's. So, you, I mean, that was. I will say that's probably the most concise answer that you could give. It was a very good answer. So very good answer. No, yeah. but how did you? No, but no, but like you're right. Like how you move. If you move bad, or if you walk bad, and you don't correct your walking motion, then you go try to run with the same bad walking motion that you have is going to lead to an injury. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think one thing to that I didn't touch on was this idea of managing volume. Mm. You know, so how much activity you're getting. You have somebody that, um, say, has been working out five days a week for the last five years. They can tolerate a lot more activity more safely. So they are less likely to get injured if they have a a crazy day where they do a ton of physical work at their job and then they go to the gym and they have a really long workout. Whereas if you have somebody that has that very low level of fitness – and they have one day where they have this great increase in activity level, they are more likely to be injured. So it's like the fitter you are, the more protective it is for you. Okay. It, but it's, it's almost like counterintuitive. I guess I'm just I'm going back into the medical profession a lot of times when doctors tell people, well, you can't squat no more. You can't deadlift. You can't do this. They say, so what am I supposed to do? Just sit down on the couch and, and, and take and accept muscle atrophy and just be weak and lose my muscle mass. So what are you? So what are people supposed to do? That's what's, that's the weird question or conundrum you're always in because you can't just not do anything. Exactly, and you know I will say there are certain times or certain injuries where you do need absolute rest. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a good example would be a, a rotator cuff repair. They typically put you in the sling for maybe six weeks because if you're doing things, you're going to compromise that surgical repair Mm -hmm. and and have issues. But thinking just kind of a a general injury, absolute rest is typically one of the worst things you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really just about kind of modifying your workload to accommodate for the the pain or the the issues that you're having. Um, Well, also trying to reduce pain, make sure you're you're stretching the appropriate things, and mm-hmm. then addressing any deficits that you might have. Okay. Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, you get some newer people come in the gym, and <clears throat> they come in two or three days their first couple of weeks, you know, and they, they're also sore, and all of a sudden you won't see them anymore. You're like, well, where, where were you? Man, I was so, so, I was so sore I couldn't do anything. Man, that is, 
so you sat around on the couch, right? Yeah, I, I just couldn't do anything. I'm, man, that's that's that is the complete opposite thing is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of just move. You know, yeah. so what I'll tell my patients is, if you're sore tomorrow after working with me, I definitely don't want you sitting on the couch. I want you to just go for a walk. Right. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you just need to move because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're going to feel worse. Right. Get that blood pumping. Exactly. <laughs> so what kind? So what would you, as you as working as physical therapy or being in the medical profession, what? What would you say is kind of one of the leaded, leading leading indicators or leading things that could lead up to an injury? Is it like bad muscle movement, not stretching, joints? Or what, what, what's kind of the common denominator between all that? Um, I really would think that kind of that whole uh, – how do I want to say it? The Looking at the volume of activity, okay. one of those things that is – really going to impact your, your injury levels. Um, just because there's, there's so many factors that go into that and it's, it's the easiest thing to control, I guess, you know, and of course, if you've got stiffness, so say you're doing a lot of overhead activities and you don't even have full range of motion of your shoulder. Mm. Yeah. You're definitely going to hurt yourself. Eventually. It's just, when is it going to be? Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, so kind of, so I know a lot of times talk about joints, joint pain and joints a little bit. So what, what are some things people could do to kind of help eliminate? I don't know you can't fully eliminate joint injuries, but kind of just help with joint injuries when you're doing a sport like CrossFit or playing basketball, playing any sport where you have that repetitive strain or repetitive stress on a particular, on a particular uh, body part. Have you heard the phrase motion is lotion? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, have, that's a good phrase. So. so honestly, with with joint things, we want to make sure they're moving. So example, I have somebody come in and they've got arthritis in their knees. One of the best things they can do is low-level low activity like riding a bike. And just keeping that joint moving. Once you stop moving that joint, that's when you start to have more stiffness, decreased range of motion, and and things like that. In terms of keeping joints healthy now, I like to kind of think about it in three ways. Definitely, you want to optimize your movement. So Mm -hmm. we've talked about... Um, range of motion. So making sure that the joint itself moves in all the ways that it should. Okay. So you, your joint, you have a a joint capsule around it. Think of it kind of like a, an envelope around the joint that can actually get restricted in certain areas and limit your ability to move your joint. So reaching overhead and you can't get overhead. It might be because your, your lats are tight, your muscles are tight, but it could also just be that that joint is so stiff you can't. Mm. Does that make sense? No, no, no. Yeah, it makes total yeah. sense. You're talking um, to a guy who has who has the stiffest muscles in the world. It makes all the sense. So. Yeah, you, you put put me and Ernest in the same room, and uh, you got two of the most stiffest guys in the United States. I can promise. Oh, you. wonderful! <laughs> it's not but, for lack, it's not for lack of trying though. 
and you know some people are are just built that way it's a mm -hmm. they really got to work to to gain that mobility and the range of motion um and like i said it's working on the joint itself and then also the muscles um and then also kind of with keeping joints healthy i think strength plays a huge role because if you've got muscle imbalances you're going to have abnormal loading on those joints and eventually you'll have pain. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I'm sure you guys have experienced that with doing the CrossFit and things like that. Once you kind of start to work on some of your weaknesses, you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what I heard from that whole, whole thing, the only thing I took away is squat more. <laughs> squat more and deadlift. Squat up and say squat and deadlift, squat and deadlift more. And we'll throw bench press yeah, just for fun. Yeah, no, definitely. You, you have to load your joints for them to be healthy. You know, your, your joint surfaces, the cartilage, they need that load on them in order to stay healthy. So sitting on the couch is not the answer. Squatting is helpful. Deadlifts are helpful. Yes. So I wish my mom was listening to this. She suffers. She thinks right now she's due for two knee replacements. It's almost like the doctor told her knees are pretty much like this. And so mm -hmm. we try to get her to walk and stay moving, but she just wants to like just sit down. It's like, no, mom, you have to you have to stay moving. I think she gets into the concept of what she has to do, what I'm doing or what someone else is doing. I say, no, you do it at your volume and at your pace. Nobody's exactly. telling you to squat 500 pounds. Maybe you just sit and working on sitting down and standing up off the couch is your level of fitness that you could do. So. Exactly. So, um, I got a question for you static or um uh, golly i'm just drawing i just had it all in my head <laughs> static, static or dynamic st st static stretching or dynamic stretching i would say it kind of depends on your goals okay if you are say trying to to warm up for some explosive activities definitely more dynamic if you are say somebody who is very stiff and say you're a good example would be a, a knee. A lot of times people have trouble getting their knee fully straight or extended, um, whether they've had a, a surgery or not. And one of the best things you can do to, to get that full range of motion is a low load, long duration stretch. So a static stretch, mm, yeah. right? So I, like I said, I think it really depends on your goal. If you're trying to make a muscle longer, you need to spend more time in that stretch position. If you are just doing some stretches to warm up, keep it active, keep it dynamic. So is it, so I've been reading a lot. So is it true that if you stretch too much and that muscle is not used to it right before, like say if I'm going in to do some uh, heavy squats and I do like an intense 10 minutes of just static hold stretches, am I more at risk of injury at that case because I elongated the muscle of my weaker or how does that, is that true? Any truth to that? You know, I don't know if I could say that you are at more risk of injury, mm -hmm. but I think there is a, a point where you stretch a little bit too much and you will, you will not be as strong okay. as if you had kind of backed off. Okay. So it's better to just kind of get that, get the body used to that stretch and just not just, Exactly. And it, you know, like I said, it all kind of comes down to what is your goal. So in that case, if you were stretching because you are so stiff, you can't squat. Well, maybe we just need to modify 
the type of squat you're doing and then do the stretch after so that, you know, once you get that range of motion, we can start rebuilding that, that squat, uh, weight. Hmm. So why is it, so I don't want to, so why is it still that old mentality? You got to stretch your stretch before you do everything. Is that just a, a old philosophy and people hadn't jumped on the new, the new bandwagon and what is it going to take to get some of these new philosophies for training and sports science into like the high school realm? Um, I think it's really just going to take new practitioners or new coaches coming out. And, you know, we are constantly learning, you know, research from five years ago might be proved wrong tomorrow. You know, so things are constantly changing. So even what I'm telling you now is, you know, what I know to the best of my knowledge, but two weeks from now, there might be a, a paper that comes out saying something completely different. And so, I think what we're seeing, and I can say this for the physical therapy realm, um, we're having a lot of new PTs come out that really support the idea of athletics and performance, and we need to get people moving. So more active treatment approaches as Mm -hmm. opposed to some of those more passive, let me just put a hot pack on you and call it therapy, you know, which, you know, Sometimes we need hot packs. Yes. Um, But I I think it's kind of starting to be a a slow shift. And so hopefully more and more people will will jump on board. Which is kind of so. So you're saying it starts in like the college, just the training levels and just more practitioners getting out there practicing that particular form of uh, form of movements. Yeah, I, I think so. If you are educated in one way, whether it's as a PT, athletic trainer, chiropractor, personal trainer, you know, you're going to go off what you know. Mm-hmm. And as we get more information and we're, we're changing what people are taught or the research that they're given, you know, I think eventually we'll, we will see that, um, you know, in high school sports and college sports and things like that. Because even when I, you know, look at high school sports or just, you know, talk to different kids, a lot of times I'd be like, they said they squat, then they come over here to do a squat. You'd be like, man, that is not a squat. What are they teaching you guys? It's, oh, yeah. I see that all the time. I, don't, I want to say it's going to lead to injuries. Like, so when are they going to update their, you know, their training philosophies in regards to getting, getting these kids moving at a better range of motion and working on that range of motion instead of just trying to load them up in middle school? to say they got a 400 pound squat when you're barely reaching parallel and your hips not as fully extended and all that good stuff. So it's just scary to me, you know what I'm saying? So, but, and, you know, I think sometimes maybe there's not appropriate training for how do I assess this person's squat versus that person's squat? Because mm-hmm. depending on way hips are made up, you know, you, your squat might look totally different than mine and neither one is wrong for our body types. And I I think sometimes there's, there's not enough education on that. And then also there might not be enough time, you know, especially in a a high school setting. Yeah. So you said something a little earlier about a hot pack. I'm gonna go ahead and ask you the, uh, the old um, controversial question. You can read read articles on this stuff all day long and it's hard to find anybody that just definitively says yes this is good and or this is better you know as far as cold versus heat so the way i look at it is if it's a an acute injury 
definitely ice it. Okay. Um, if you are having a lot of swelling, I would still say ice it because what does that, that hot pack do? It kind of opens blood vessels, brings more to the area. And if you're already swollen, we, we don't want more, extra you don't want more blood flow. Yeah, but exactly. You need, you need blood flow to promote healing. Yes. And you know, I think there, <laughs> I know it's, it, there is no right answer. <laughs> it's a, it's okay? measure, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you the way I view it. Okay. Right. Um, you know, I think hot packs are appropriate at certain phases. Once you kind of get out of that very acute phase. So, okay, and you know, kind of what I tell my patients sometimes, especially if they're dealing with a, a more chronic issue is I don't care what you use, whatever makes you feel better. Right. You know, okay. some people, when they have back pain, they love an ice pack. Personally, I would rather lay on a hot pack if, you know, my mm -hmm. back was flared up or something like that. But everybody's a little bit different and it's whatever works for you. And just so people don't understand, acute means a, a, a injury that just occurred as compared to chronic, which is long term pain. Correct. Correct. Uh, so acute is very, very recent. You know, think anything less than seven days. Chronic is, you know, from weeks to months to years. Okay. So, so along that with this whole recovery thing, so what are your, what is your idea or your thought process or even your opinion on the new, the new thing with these uh, Theraguns that everybody's using now? Thinking like these Theraguns is the key to the key to life all of a sudden now. Well, I will admit that I have one, <laughs> and I think it feels good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things where if it seems to help you, use it, right? I don't think it's going to fix your tight muscles, fix your muscle strain or anything like that. I think it is just one tool that is it's helpful for some pocket. people. Okay. I've right, got another question. Let me see. I feel like I can't run efficiently. efficiently if I stretch before I run, therefore I don't stretch at all. Thoughts, advice. That is a very broad question. <laughs> um, you know, so I would say, well, what are you stretching? Um, okay. You know, what body part or, or things like that? Uh, and, you know, maybe it's something that you need to stretch at another time. You know, it's, it's not getting you primed to run doing a, a static stretch. But maybe you do need to work on your range of motion. So just do those stretches, say, after or at a, a completely different time away from the run. Okay, let, let me let me preface this question that, that was just asked to us. Uh, Lewis um, is a um, ultra runner. Okay. So he'll, I think you can back me up on this one, Lewis, uh, if you're still listening. He just did a 60-something mile uh, run. <laughs> On his treadmill in his house, sixty miles. I'll just yeah, complain. Let him, let, hopefully he'll hopefully he'll comment on this. But I know it was like sixty-five miles or something like that that he did the whole thing on his treadmill at his house. What? So wow, that was very good. <laughs> so somebody that <clears throat> runs these really really long distances, uh, in my opinion, I don't even know why you would even bother stretching before you even started because you're not running fast enough to pull anything. Yeah, see, 69 miles. You give, you give Lewis three miles. You said 66, 69 miles. <laughs> I shorted him, 69 miles. 
So anyway, yeah, it's my opinion that uh, if you're going to be running a real long, slow distance, uh, if you're stretching, you're just probably doing it to uh, just to make yourself feel better mentally because you're not really going to get anything out of it. Yeah, and you know, sometimes there's things that just make you feel good, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So, placebo you know, <laughs> the, the placebo effect, yes, exactly. So... so man that's that's pretty that's pretty cool man 69 miles i did 30 minutes of peloton running on my air runner and i was like i can't take it i'm getting out of here (laughs) well lewis he is a special person you know he he used to come to some of my endurance classes over at gtc a lot Mm -hmm. and uh he's a very um he's a very headstrong guy He's uh, good at what he does, and uh, he the, the the progress he's made over the last couple of years is is remarkable. He's a sponsored athlete now. He runs oh, ultras cool. all over the place. Well, Louis, so, thank you for uh, anyway, joining yeah. in. Yeah. So Six, sixty-nine miles. That is a very long distance. <laughs> very good job. Yeah, very good job. Very good job. So is there so is there a certain age? Because you know, always people always tell you know. People know I work out. They see me working out, and then they be like, "Yeah, man, I used to do that back in the day. I, ain't, I can't, I can't move like I used to. Or you gonna hurt yourself? Or, uh, you know, you're too old to be doing some things like that. Is there, is there really an age where you just have to stop doing stuff where you're just gonna eventually hurt yourself? Because then you look at a guy like that who's like a, an anomaly in the world. I mean, in today's in today's society, you know, someone who's that age, that fit. That you know, in that good range of motion, do you have people like, oh, I can't do that anymore. I can't, I can't do this. I can't. Is there an age where you have to just stop doing stuff or stop moving? No, I know the Never. answer, but I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want people to hear it from a from a from a from a doctor, a medical professional. They encourage people. I, to, I wanted to, to I wanted moving. to scream the answer before she had a chance. No, man, we need to. We need, they, hear from, they hear from us all the time. Uh, we need we need some professional backing on this one. Right. Yeah, no, and you know, really, anybody can get stronger at any point in their life. You know, I love getting a grandma deadlifting, you know, picking up a 15 to 20 pound kettlebell because that is going to have such a profound impact on her life, right? There's no reason why we can't continue pushing to get muscles stronger, to keep bones strong, you know, to keep ourselves safe. So really, there's no point where you need to stop doing Mm -hmm. activities. You know, I think at some point, you know, say you're deadlifting 500 pounds now. I don't think you're going to be doing that when you're 90 years old. Oh no! Come on, don't tell me. But, <laughs> um, but there's no reason that you can't continue to lift in a way that is challenging for your current situation. And so is, is there, you know, so is there a point where you start to realize, like, where you just actually max out your potential? And I don't want to say where you start decreasing. In strength, the level when you just be like, okay, well, now I won't be able to reach any more. Like, let's say for me, for example, at what point when I won't be able to back squat, when I won't be able to find a P, is there a point where I won't be able to find a PR in my back squat? I would say yes. You know, I think everybody has some sort of limit or, or ceiling to what they can do naturally. Now, if you start throwing other things in there, I, I don't know. You're on your own on that one. 
But I think there is a, a ceiling for strength for everybody. And you say you're not going to hit a PR again. Well, maybe it's a rep PR or, or something like that. It's not always just a, a weight, more weight on the bar type thing. Right. And I, I think that uh, as the older you get, you need to reset your PRs. Whenever you're yeah. 50 years old or say six, I'll say 60 years old. I don't think you should still be trying to hit the same <laughs> PR that you hit whenever you were 35. You know, I don't mean, that's that. just me. <laughs> because then you will definitely have to come see me. Right. Yeah. Hey, well, see, but then we keep, see, people like me keep you in the, keep you in, uh, keep you in business. So that's, that's how I like to, that's how I like to do it. But, I, and it's weird because I wish I would have learned all this stuff when I was 20 working. Now it's like, now I'm really concerned with my range of motion how my body is moving through certain planes. Like even when I'm walking or if I'm sitting at my desk, I don't sit down for 50 minutes now. I stand up, I walk around, probably, you know, mm-hmm. just probably that whole posterior chain and all that is like, man, how? So I guess that leads into my question. Like how can we get people or just the normal society educated on these on these types of things? Like, How can we get the information out there more and more readily available? Ooh, that is a, a very big question. And, you know, I think kind of the, the CrossFit type workouts does a, a really good job of that. Um, or even if you have a, an individual like myself, you know, patient comes into therapy and maybe nobody's ever taught them how to exercise before. Or maybe they were so afraid that I can't be strong. I can't do that. And then you introduce that to them in a very safe environment. And they're like, oh, man, I can do this. And then you set them up with a great gym and then they're healthy for the rest of their life. So I think it's education and exposure from multiple people, multiple areas constantly. The kid always kills me. CrossFit is going to get you hurt, but then you look at the philosophy. CrossFit is like, no, it's teaching you functional movements and how to move through space, as compared to going into a global gym and doing a pec deck machine or like a seated ab machine is not going to benefit you at all. But mm-hmm. oh well, I think uh, ego gets people hurt. Yeah, um, ego. You right. ego. Yeah, ego. Ego gets people hurt. Okay, yeah, that's what people should say. Ego, not CrossFit. Ego gets. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you can't do a strict pull up, you probably shouldn't do butterfly pull ups or but and you know, that's an ego thing, right? And that that kills me every time I go to a CrossFit gym, I see people doing CrossFit and they're doing all these keeping pull ups. I was like, well, can you at least do five strict pull ups? Or can you do five strict chest to bar pull ups? And they're like, well, no, I can't do it. I say, well, you're going to eventually have shoulder issues because your shoulders aren't strong enough to support your shoulder girdle is strong enough to support that contested motion and pulling and all that but man it's but hey it's like you say it's ego that gets people hurt not crossfit to each their own right your own yes (laughs) so i'm gonna hit you i'm gonna hit you with another question but another broad tough question you're doing such a first off you've been doing a good job (laughs) <laughs> uh, answering these questions, I can have a whole lip of things that I could ask you to kind of get into the whole moving. But uh, what is how See, what my, is the, go ahead? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, what you was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, I hate it because my answer in physical therapy is always it depends. You know, there's what? never wonder- like a 
there's very rarely that there's a very absolute answer. It's it depends. And I listened to I watched this. Uh, I used to watch this science show that came on YouTube, and that whole saying was it depends, and that's science. It's like no one, no, it's no one size fit all for anything. You kind of hit the head on the the nail on the head when you talked about back squatting at a younger age with these kids. Every kid structurally is different. Some kids are mm-hmm. tall, some kids are short. Hip structure is different, so you have to apply different logic to different people. So when somebody asks, well, how what's the proper squat form? The first thing it says, well, it depends on how you build. So somebody said that's exactly. the sign of a good a good scientist if they tell you it depends before they give you an answer. So you pass the test. <laughs> yes. So what? So as you so this is another another broad it depends question. So pain management. What's the best way to manage pain that's not necessarily an injury? Something that's just like a nagging, a sore joint, or like a sore knee. Or like a sore muscle, what's the best way to kind of manage that? Um, sore joint, I kind of go back to that idea of motion is motion. You know, okay. if it's, you know, sometimes you just kind of need to work it out. You might tweak your knee running and structurally there's nothing wrong, right? All the, the ligaments, meniscus, everything's mm-hmm. intact. But just kind of getting that movement will help with some of that pain. Um I would also say just kind of low level aerobic activity can have a a huge impact on pain and it doesn't matter what part of the body it is. You know, you could have neck pain um, and you go hop on a bike for 20 minutes. And just because you're, you're getting your heart rate up, you're moving, that will actually help the neck pain. Okay. Cool, cool. Very broad answer for you. <laughs> no, but, but you're right though. Just because something hurts, don't shy away from movements or don't shy away from, from something that keeps you active and keep the blood flowing. Exactly. And there's, you know, there's definitely pain that is like a red flag. <clears throat> like, okay, I don't need to do this movement anymore. Mm-hmm. But then there's some pain that is just going to be a, a normal part of life. And it's, learning to modify movements, postures, things like that to, to work around it. And, and it'll be okay. Cool. 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 Well, man, you know, you gave a, you gave a lot. We definitely going to have to have you back on the show. This is a lot of good information. So where can, where can the people find out? We, we kind of skipped, you jumped into such a good conversation. We kind of skipped the whole point of, uh, give everybody the information on your business. Where can they find you out on your social medias and how can they actually get in, contact with you or who do they how do what do they need to tell a doctor so they could come see you to come help them out okay um well so my business is movement first performance therapy um i actually operate my business at a 183 hex so it's you know kind of goes with this whole idea of i want to be able to get people squatting deadlifting things like that so we do our our business in the the treatment room whatever hands-on stuff that you need and then if it's appropriate, take you out to the gym and, and really get you moving. Uh, in terms of social media, stuff like that, uh, Movement First TX on Instagram, okay. Facebook. Okay. And then that is also my, my website. And website or any Instagram, Facebook, any of those means are great ways to get in touch with me. You know, if you got a question, you're not sure that I might be a good fit for you shoot me a message. I'd love to jump on a phone call or, you know, chat and, you know, see if I could help you. Uh, In terms of coming to see me, you have 
two options, right? The, the direct access method where you come to me directly. If we decide that, yeah, you do need a, a script from a physician, you can sometimes call your physician and they will just send it over. Other times they do want you to come in and, and see them. Or if you've already been to a doctor, you have a script for physical therapy, just bring that in. We'll get you set up. Okay. And is that a lot of that covered through insurance or is just the, how does the bureaucracy of all that works? Or so I am (laughs) not dealing with any insurance because insurance is a a very complicated thing. So I consider myself a a cash pay provider. Um, And you know, the beauty of that is that I get to treat patients one-on-one. So I'm not having to cram patients in because insurance isn't reimbursing me. You know, I'm not employing techs to kind of help with seeing patients. Um, and then I also have a lot more freedom with how I treat or, or what I do. Uh, right. Because you, some, you don't I'm have sorry, to go jump, ahead. You, you don't have to jump through all the insurance hoops, huh? Man, not exactly. Like, like, you know, they, insurance is too complicated. Sometimes I just want to get help to get healed. I don't want to have to go through 50 million referrals and all this stuff. Like my ankle hurting, help me. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think there's so many different insurance plans out there. And, you know, sometimes they don't give you all the visits you need or all the care that you need to get back to some of those higher level activities. Now, I will say with the, the cash pay services, I, I give somebody a provide them a super bill and you can submit that to your insurance. And some insurances will reimburse you either partially or completely for okay. services. So it's kind of on the back end. You could just kind of help for uh, do reimbursement, the insurance and stuff like that. Okay. Yes. That's cool. yes. And so you said you actually yes. operate out of uh 183 hex. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's the one right there over by TSO on old dollar road. Yeah, it is kind of behind Coles. Coles. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. that's new, so location, new gym. So go check out. If you're heading there, the right by Walmart. That's why that's how right I know. Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. Well, I did a workout there with my buddy Josh Morales about two, about three Saturday, three Saturdays ago. So, yeah, I've been on Brian yeah. and Danielle them for a long time since since maybe what since Jesse opened his gym back in 2013, maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. Good people. Real good people. Real good. Yeah, very good people. Very good, real good people. people. So. All right. So I guess we uh, so what are the, what are some last words you want to leave to people? This is your final final couple of minutes. What is what what does what do you what is Abby Abby words of wisdom for the people out there in the uh, in the masses of fitness realm or world? What do you want to leave with them to say? Honestly, please just get moving. That's it. Uh, <laughs> find an activity that you enjoy. Stay active. Try to stay healthy. And, you know, that's going to be the best thing for you to limit injuries and stay out of doctor's offices and just please keep moving. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I tell people all the time. You know, they think just because I do CrossFit that I'm just, I'm all about CrossFit, but that's not true. I, I, I'm thrilled um, just to have somebody move. I don't care what you do. Just go, just go move. Just go do something. I think my mom told me the other day she found some, uh, a guy that does, physical therapy stuff or workouts on Facebook. And I was so excited. She's like, what is just Facebook? I say, well, you're just moving. That's all that matters. <laughs> I don't care what you do, as long yes. as you're doing something. So, all right. Well, Dr. Abby, I wish we had more time. We definitely want to have you uh, come back on the show. A good wealth of knowledge, a lot of good. I know we kind of focus on 
pain management, things like that. But there's so much other stuff we could get into as far as like child movements and, you know, kids movements, sports, sports performance, like what's the right movements or sports partnership plan, all that good stuff. It's a lot of things. I'm pretty sure you had a lot of knowledge wrapped up in your uh, wrapped up in your head that you'd like to share with the world. And I would, I would yeah, also it's all up there. I would, I would recommend <laughs> you on taking that step out into doing something that you love to do. Like you said, you got tired of the nine to five. You kind of jumped off that from the beginning. That's a lot of good things people like to do that uh, also aids in a lot of we don't speak a lot about when it comes to fitness, but in mental health and mental stability. And like you have to do what you have to enjoy. A lot of people exactly. are stressed out working their nine to fives. They get into these depressions and they don't work out because they're not happy. They don't not not doesn't know what to do. Nobody is saying go and quit your job and start a business, but you have to do, <laughs> but you have to do things that you like to do that are uh, going to help, going to uh, make you happy. So it's good to actually give that little bit of inspiration to people as well, too. So we really, I greatly appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, Thad always does a good, I like to always commend Thad because he knows every, I don't know too many people in Beaumont. I'm from Port Arthur, Texas. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm a recluse here in Beaumont, but Thad is like Mr. Beaumont. He knows everybody. He's all, you know, people I don't know. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I, you know, I know yeah. I've seen you kind of through the years, social media and stuff with the local CrossFit scene. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's been nice to finally officially connect and, and get to know you guys. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, but definitely. You'll be seeing me in your uh, in your office. Me and my plenty of aches and pains. I have <laughs> bring it. All right. Well, thank you for joining the show. Once again, you can find us on uh this, so this video will be up on Facebook Live. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, download the show. Go rewatch it on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. Help us get out. Uh, we're trying to get that Joe Rogan money, kind of <laughs> that Joe Rogan check. We're trying to reach 100 million people. But actually, we're trying to get our YouTube followers up a lot. So go join the show. Watch our videos and subscribe to the show. And once again, thank you, doctor, for joining the show. Yeah. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Abby. Thank you again, guys. Cue the cool drop. Drop, drop.